The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are the one that gave me my middle name, and that's I know. Uh, That was significant. I'm so happy you took that on as your name and your person, and like that is so special to me because like being included in other girls' journeys and transitions is just so heartwarming and touching. And a lot of people don't like to like see other dolls succeed, but I think it's the best thing in the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of season one of Beauty Translated. I'm your host, Carmen Laurent. That's right. I say season one because I'm very happy to tell y'all that after episode 12, we'll be taking a short break, but we'll be back with an all new season. In season two, we'll be stepping outside of Atlanta, talking more about beauty, gender affirming procedures, and touching more on trans issues related to and within the trans community today. So on to this week's show, we have another guest I have known for many years. She is a sister of the House of Avalon and a legendary drag performer in LA known as Rubber Child. I know her today as Riley. In this episode, we discuss the origins of our relationship that dates back to the MySpace days. We talk about how Riley gave me my name, and we get into her own journey discovering the woman she always was as she takes a walk down memory lane with me. Please enjoy my chat with the lovely Riley Rubberchild. All right. This week, joining us from sunny Los Angeles, we have the doll diva, rubber child, Riley. Thank you so much for being here with me, Thank you for having me. Can you tell me a little nervous? Oh my God, why? 
here? Because we haven't talked in so long. Girl. So I know. So first of all, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, where you're from. Okay. So my name is Riley, aka Rubber Child, and I am currently living in Los Angeles. I do makeup, I do drag, I host parties, I do private gigs, I do OnlyFans, and I talk shit on the internet. Beautiful. Fabulous. <laughs> Gorgeous. I wanted to explore a little bit about how we know each other. Yeah. So first of all, you and I know each other from way, 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 way back in the day. Is it MySpace? Yes, from MySpace. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I was telling everyone. I was like, this girl I knew from MySpace, we just like reconnected. And I was like, I couldn't remember if it was MySpace or Facebook. Yes, it was definitely MySpace because we were trying to be MySpace famous. We, girl, we had our shaved brows. We had our little, (laughs) little tight jeans. The whole work. The brows drawn up to the hairline, like Um, everything. mm -hmm. We were trying it. I recently just drew my eyebrows back this year. Well, like within the past year since then. Well, they look stunning. I haven't had eyebrows this whole time. Thank you. Well, congratulations. Welcome back (laughs) to the world of the eyebrows. You know, it's great. I never thought I would, but I'm, it's fucking great. Except when it connects. Oh. A lady, a woman, her estrogen. She just did her shot. I accidentally dissed my tea. Oh. Oh. Oh no, I got the wrong one. Oh no, we're getting all mixed up. So, yes, we know each other from the early days of MySpace when we were MySpace scene queens. And you played a significant role in my MySpace days. Were you in Florida at that time? During like MySpace, I was I grew up in Western New York in like a tiny town outside of Buffalo called South Dayton. Yeah. On a farm, the whole works, just trying to be the girl. Moo. And <laughs> cows, chickens, the whole works, pigs. So I was living in like a farm during MySpace times, like dial up internet sneaking to my friend's house because my mom didn't let me have internet because she didn't trust me, which I mean I mean, was smart because why I would you? <laughs> right. I wouldn't trust me either. So I was just like going to my friend's house and like the public library after school and like logging on MySpace and trying to fucking serve. <laughs> of course. Just like we all were. Bitch. We oh all were. God. So do you remember some of like the early interactions we had on MySpace? Did I bully you? A little <laughs> bit, actually. And I didn't bring you... I didn't bring you on my show to have a Tyra and Naomi moment. <laughs> no, I was a full, like, I mean, I just was a fucking asshole. But like, I mean, that was like, everyone was rotted. And I just. I was rotted. Like, ugh. yeah, it was just. And I remember just, I was like, just mean to people for no reason. But, I'm sorry. No, oh girl. Oh, my God. You're, <laughs> no, girl. No, I wasn't going to actually but I, talk to you. I, I did bully you, right? Did I say something nasty? I don't remember, girl. I really we don't remember. We should find it. Let's find the receipts. Cancel we can <laughs> because I feel like we made some YouTube videos together. Don't you remember that? Like we made some YouTube videos like via Skype together, I want to say. Did we? Yes. What did we do? We, I think we made prank phone calls. Bitch, oh God, I don't know. I it's been a I lot of drugs you. between now and then. So I love prank phone calls and drugs, so I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear a funny story? Yes, please. Two nights ago, I had like dental shit done. And so my mouth was completely numb. And I came home and I took a narco because I was in pain. 
I took like an hour nap. I woke up and I was craving chocolate. So I went to my freezer and I saw I had like a chocolate bar and I was like, oh, it's probably my roommates. I'll eat it. (laughs) I am like a full stoner, like always high. And I ate 95% of the bar. And then I was like, fuck, this is probably like weed or mushrooms or something. (laughs) So I go look and I see the little weed thing and I'm like, oh, it's weed. Okay. Like it's a lot, but I'll, I'll be fine. Like. And he comes home and I told him and he was like, those were shrooms, girl. And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, I like eat three and I freak out. I was like, well, I had like nine. (laughs) So are you shrooming? Girl. So my boyfriend (laughs) who doesn't do drugs, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. I was like, you have to eat the rest of this with me because I can't do this alone. And he did. And I had the absolute best time of my life in my bedroom. (laughs) Oh my god, that is so funny that your boyfriend's a sober Sally too, because mine is too. Is he? Yes, and I have had him do mushrooms with me before, and he just like <laughs> giggled a lot and was like, yeah. "It made me feel funny." I was it like, was, <laughs> okay, "It was girl. very that," and I because I was trying to get him to do mushrooms, and he was like, "I will, but I don't want to." And I was like, "Well, I'm not going to make you because you're not going to have fun." Cut to me like force feeding him. I'm like, "I'm not doing this alone." <laughs> I'm not going down this rabbit hole without somebody to hold my hand. It was, it was stunning though. He was great. He he got me like watermelon and like lemon water. It was beautiful. Was it a gorgeous trip? Yeah, I sucked his deck. Ah, oh, beautiful, gorgeous girl. Oh, oh, you're living that <laughs> LA life that I want to be living. Do you want to live here? I do. Yes, because I went in February for the first time, and now I'm just like so into it. It's magic. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I might be maybe moving. I want to go back. Like the one thing, of course, that I do remember about you is, and I don't remember the bullying. I honestly don't. (laughs) But I do remember that you were the first person, one of the first people that I came out to as trans. And I said, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm going to be going by Carmen now. And, you know, I'm a woman or whatever. I, I, I remember know what that. The, yeah. I believe that was like Facebook time. Yes. We had moved into the next era. Mm-hmm. You know, was, so we've moved on to Facebook now. We're Facebook friends now. Yes. <laughs> and I think we might have even had like a video chat. But do you remember? I think I told you like I'm trying to come up with a middle name mm-hmm. and I can't think of a middle name. I know. Um, I remember and you are the one that gave me my middle name. And that's... Very, I know. Yeah. Uh, that was so, significant. Yeah. I'm so happy. And because I, I remember you were telling me like some names that you were using. And I was like, you need something fucking really cunty. And just yeah. like something like bougie and like that <laughs> fantasy. And I I think I like said a few names. But like that was the first one. And I was like, I just feel like this is right. And I'm so happy you took that on as your name and your person and I'm so fucking like I like that is so special to me because like being included in other girls like journeys and transitions is just so heartwarming and touching and a lot of people don't like to like see other dolls succeed but I think it's the best thing in the world of course we want to see the dolls dolling Mm -hmm. yeah no I really appreciate that and I think the next day I filed my name change with Carmen Laurent. That is iconic. Never looked back. Mm-hmm. Are you married now? Not yet, but you know. It's coming. We'll see. If he's listening. <clears throat> <laughs> 
<laughs> We've been in a relationship for seven years. So Congrats. we'll see what happens. He That's takes amazing. Ve- he takes very good care of me. I'm a kept woman. And, That's you know. amazing, as you should be. <laughs> so tell me more about like, before you transitioned yourself and found your own journey, what were some other significant trans people that you've helped along with their transitions? I mean, I feel like as of recently, I've just been trying to help a lot of people like in like the local community, like get help with their name change or get help with good insurance to help with surgeries. Because a lot of times people like the medical system is so hard and so confusing and a lot of people will get dicked around. And I had a really great experience going through my surgeries and my hormones and just everything. My name changed because I had help from like a few doctors and therapists that just like had my best interests. So I figured out how to like switch and like snake through the little systems, like get your shit done. So you're not getting constantly put on the back burner. So my favorite thing is like, local dolls being like, this is what I did. This is my insurance. This is my primary doctor. This is my therapist. This is my surgeon. These are the phone numbers I have where you can see all of these like other options. Just like, it's good to have options as a girl like us, because usually it's like, this is it. You have one person, you know? So there's, there's options and people like shouldn't settle because for like not enough hormones or like not surgery because their insurance isn't covered. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And girl, that's where I'm stuck. I live in Georgia and the insurance game out here is a whole different story. Right. And it's different every state too. So it's like extra yeah. nightmarish. Yeah. It's like they don't want to, they don't want to get trans people nothing out here, girl. Because mm-hmm. so. well, they know that fucking they won't be able to take it. No. <laughs> they won't be able to handle it. They can't handle it. Just Mm-mm. like Mother St. Laurent said. Ugh. <laughs> But yeah, I love to hear dolls helping out dolls in LA because I'm going to be real just for a moment. Yeah, I am here in Atlanta and I watch all the shit going on in LA with these dolls in LA. And I'm just like, these girls are fucking crazy. Stabbing each other, showing up to each other's surgery appointments and shit. Oh, girl, you you saw that? Oh, I know. know, And I I know that I'm... Girl, yes. I gagged. Like, what the fuck? I know. The, I the know. day before her facial feminization surgery, you're going to try to get her that, like, prison, honey. Prison. <laughs> prison, honey. Prince. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was in, I believe that was in Texas. Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay. But, yeah, it's some, I mean, there's a very, there's, I mean, there's a lot of divisions of dolls here in Los Angeles. <laughs> The dolls but divisions. The dolls division. Lots of little. What is it? Burrows. Like doll clicks. Doll clicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like I don't really care about other people's drama anymore, which is nice. So I'm just like, it's just easy to just stay home and stay to myself and hang out with my family. Beautiful. Love yeah. that. Well, tell me more about your family. Are you in the House of Avalon? House of Avalon is one of the legendary drag houses of today. They were originally based in Arkansas, but today they rule the nightlife in LA. Members include Simone, winner of season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race, Gigi Good, Marco Monroe, Grant Vanderbilt, Hunter Crenshaw, and our very own Riley Rubberchild. 
I am a little sister of Avalon. So they live like a 10 minute little walk away and they actually helped me move out here. I've known them forever. Yeah. They helped me find my apartment, got me like my first few jobs here, really just like took care of me. And they always have been like that even before I lived out here. So I'm so grateful for them. They're all just like such amazing people in so many different ways and so unique and just like will literally just push you till you're fucking limit to make you insane just to make sure you're the best version of yourself that's the best thing you can ask for right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah very honest like we're all honest with each other we don't bullshit each other because that's what we're about is just like always be honest with each other no delusions here right right no delusions here (laughs) if your hairline looks fucked up you're gonna get told that's why i've got bangs Oh my god, do I need to get bangs, girl? No, but you should get clip-on bangs because honestly, they're so much fun. Tell me more about your drag, first of all. And I'm curious because I've been following your drag since the beginning, since you started Mm -hmm. drag. I've been following you since before you were doing drag and you were kind of doing drag, you know, like we all were. Mm -hmm. And Rubber Child has evolved quite a lot over the years, I would say. And today, you're like, Dalina, like mm-hmm. t- her final form. Like. Well, this isn't her final form. There's still a few no. more. I've always, always just been obsessed with changing myself and looking different than I looked previously and just constantly evolving. And I know that's like a cliche thing to say, but if you like look back at my fucking photo history, I look different every year because I was finding new parts out about myself. And I like originally started with makeup when I was like 13, 14 during like MySpace. So I didn't know what a trans person was. I didn't know what a drag queen was. I knew what Jeffree Star was. And I was like, I don't understand, but I relate. So I like started wearing makeup as like a young little gay boy and then just grew up and I stopped with all of that for a while while I was still working at the mat counter. So still doing makeup, but I was just like, I don't feel like I feel like a generic, almost like I'm playing a character. So I started doing drag to help me just like feel fun and pretty and just like, you know, like myself. And I didn't realize that at the time I thought I was just having fun. But looking back, it fully was me just like, reaching out desperately for like, femininity. Right. And I just I didn't realize why I was always wanting to be in drag and stay in drag and only be like photographed in drag. I remember I was just like, really, really fucking sad one year. I went to the doctor and I was just like, I like don't see myself as an old man and I want to stop <laughs> this now. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm so confused because at this point in my life, I'm older and I like knew what trans was, but I just didn't think that it was a possibility for me because I thought like I should have done it when I was younger. But then I, I fucking watched Veneno and I was like, yes. oh my God, it changed my life. I was like, she's a 30 year old girl that did it. But anyway, before that, I went and I was like, I just don't want to continue to grow. I don't see myself as an old man. I don't know yeah. what, but so I started taking spironolactone. Just love her. Love her. I was just doing that for about two years. Just that. Just a light tea blocker. Just a light tea blocker. And everyone <laughs> was like, well, why don't you just start taking like that? Like, why don't you just like finish transitioning and I was like I don't know like I didn't think it was possible like I just did not think I was like I don't want to be 
I don't want to feel ugly and I don't want to, you know, all of our dysmorphia. Yes. And that, as other friends of mine call it, the dysphoria demon that gets in it's, your head and like fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, that notion of like, oh, we're too old to transition. You're, it's too late. Those mm -hmm. are just like transphobic it's, things that just keep you stuck in that exactly. place. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not too late. Like, I mean, bad example, but Caitlyn Jenner, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Great example. 9 11. <laughs> 9 11. Nope, Malibu, like, baby. And as long as you're making yourself happy and you have, like, you're safe, yeah. who gives the fuck? Like, you know? Right. She's, like, it was the best thing I ever did. I honestly, like, wouldn't be here if I wouldn't have followed my heart and transition. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
have to say, like, I don't even know when it happened, girl, but you just grew these tits and... Well, I was transitioning, like, not privately, but just my close friends and family here. I told everyone, obviously, because we tell each other everything. So everyone knew. And if I saw people out and they asked, I wasn't embarrassed. I just wasn't ready to post about it on social media and deal with that because I was like, still at the time where people would say something transphobic, I would take it personal. Yeah. And I knew that. So I didn't share that part of myself until I was comfortable. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So proud of you that you've blossomed in this beautiful woman that you always were. But yeah, like I can totally relate to that feeling of like, well, when I first started hormones, I felt the same way for sure. Like I was... What what year did you start? Because it was... It was a long time ago, huh? Yeah. So I've been on hormones since I was 18. So my 18th birthday is when I started hormones. And I'm going to be 30 next year. So it's been 11 years, almost 12 years. That's amazing. Can you you believe it? I can't believe that. I can't believe we've known each other. Like, have I known you for like half of my life? Pretty damn much because... Bananas. If you remember back to episode one, during my conversation with Violet, she talks about how I was busy back in the day trying to be MySpace famous. And Riley was there to witness all of it. In fact, she was doing the same thing in Florida. We both had our MySpace names, our scene kid androgynous aesthetic, and the online shock jock persona that came along with all of that. It's interesting because Riley and I have never met in real life, We hope to meet up someday, but until then, I will tell you that I'm glad to know someone who has seen me through the stages of my journey, and I have also known her throughout her journey as well. The fact that it is through the lens of a friendship that has taken place completely online is probably something that many of you out there can relate to. I was literally like maybe 13 when we knew each other, Uh like on MySpace, and we've just kept up with each other ever since then, like just on every new iteration of social media. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's so funny. We've never met in person. No. And that is something that makes me sad. And I hope that when I come to LA next time, we can meet and have dinner. Absolutely. Oh my God. I love dinner. Do you like frozen yogurt? Oh my God. Fuck. Yes, I do. There's this really nice one in Beverly Hills. Kim Kardashian goes there. I can only go like every few months because it's like $14. Oh my God. It's so good. Well, that sounds like a reason to celebrate. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. It's right next to my electrolysis diva who fucking tortures me. Ugh. What are you getting electrolysis for right now? I know um, you do laser, too. Okay. So I started with electrolysis because that's what my insurance would cover. Have you had ever had electrolysis or no? Oh, yeah. I've had like hours and hours of electrolysis. So, you know, for like an inch or two of space, it's like two hours. Yeah. You have to, and you have to let your facial hair grow and then you're puffed up and swollen for three days after. So you're down for a week and I was doing it twice a week, but just trying to bang it all out. And I literally just like couldn't, because I would do like two hour sessions, three hour sessions. And I fully was just like, I can't do it anymore. And then yeah. I had my FFS and I was like, I don't want to like go that invasive right now. So I'm going to move over to laser just to like keep up with things. Right. And it's honestly so much less painful, but my hair is so light. Yeah. That, like it just is awful. 
Being yeah. a doll is so hard. It never ends. It really is. And you and I have the same journey in a lot of ways. Like we started out as like those like Jeffree Star, like MySpace, like makeup mm-hmm. freaks and all of that. Yeah. And like we both have blonde hair probably, right? Like as you're yeah. blonde. Yeah. Yes. So that's the reason I also had to go with electrolysis is because if you don't know, laser, here's a little... <laughs> For the show about aesthetics and beauty, here's Mm -hmm. the first aesthetics and beauty tip ever. In order for a laser to work, your hair has to have pigment. And if your hair is blonde, the laser ain't going to see it. So yeah, electrolysis is like a lot of times the only option that works really well. But oh my God, I didn't even know. And I'm not saying like, you don't look amazing, but I had no idea you already had FFS and everything, girl. I did. We have mentioned FFS in a previous episode. We're going to get into more detail about it here. So just for the listeners who may not know, FFS stands for Facial Feminization Surgery. It is a term for a series of cosmetic procedures that help to feminize the face, typically brow bone shave, hairline advancements, brow lift, rhinoplasty, mandible recontouring, lip lift, and trachea shaves, would all fall under facial feminization. It is probably one of the most affirming procedures for many trans women. And I can't wait to have mine done. Who did you go to? Tell me all about it. So it was a 10-hour surgery. Oh, beautiful. I went to Dr. Sinclair here in Beverly Hills. And okay. that's why it, it took such a, like, a long, long time because he had the long waiting list. Yeah. Once I finally had gotten approval for like my surgery, that's when I was like, okay, I feel comfortable making my like post to the world now. Yeah. So what we did was he did an orbital, he moved my orbital bone back. So like they cracked my skeleton, pushed it back. They did a little brow lift, a little eye lift, my nose. I had cheek implants, a little jaw shave, a chin implant and a tracheal shave. Gorge. Oh my <laughs> Just God. Just a few things. And Just a little the, lip gloss and mascara. It was, well, that's what I've got on now because I'm, <laughs> honestly, I'm like, I'm, I don't need to like fucking wear pancake makeup anymore. I don't Bitch, feel you see ugly. my face? You see my, my pre-FFS face with pancake no, makeup? <laughs> you're so pretty, Sabra. Oh my God, no. Thank you. But I can't wait to get FFS. That's going to be my moment of trans joy. Yeah, it's it re- like it was it was great. It was amazing and I had my boyfriend that took care of me so I was like very well looked after. Yes. Yeah, so is that the same boyfriend you're with now? Mhm. How long have you guys been together? We've been together for over a year. Not very long, but I'm going to marry him. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the one. He's handsome. Like, he I mean, is sorry. just, no, it's okay. He's just like such a sweet angel and like just loves me and for me before and after surgery and just loves like my heart. And I've never felt so much love or given so much love in my whole life. And just like my friends and family lately and just recently, the amount of love I'm like spewing and smelling is like overwhelming. I love to hear that girl. Oh my God. It's great. It's like the, I'm finally like, Oh, this is what it's like to not want to kill yourself. 
like fully. Yeah, and fully and feel validated great. and feel gender euphoria and uh-huh. all of these beautiful things. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about like what was your moment since your transition? Like what was your moment of like gender euphoria? Honestly, when I had my boobs done. Yeah, that was recently too, right? It was in May and it was the day after DragCon. So I did DragCon all weekend, worked to the clubs at night. She took and, all those tips. And I fucking hauled ass into the hospital six o'clock Monday morning. Oh my God. After doing a gig the night before? Not the night before, but that was DragCon that night. I did. I was working yeah. Saturday night, but my friend dropped me off. And I remember like waking up and it was like, obviously I was more conscious than my face. So I remember more and I remember coming home and just for like that first week, I would just hysterically cry when I saw like my profile of my chest. And I'm never someone, I never really, boobs never really were like a big thing to me. I just wanted to like, when I had, when I was ready to go, I was like, I'm just going to do a small natural boob. I like, I just... I don't, I just, I never really connected that with gender to yeah. me. I don't know why I was, I would always was like, my face was more connected to gender than my, my body. I can so relate to that a lot. Yeah. It, it didn't like register what a, what a huge deal it would be like to be like looked at and perceived like, because I mean, in society, breasts are like such a, a big thing of femininity, even though like yeah. that's not real. But in society, it is, and a lot of people look at you differently. And just being, I like notice I'm treated more. Like I, I noticed a big difference in the treatment of post and pre breast surgery, and not even because of that. I love it, but it just like for me, I just feel it was it was it was the the most euphoric feeling seeing my my boobs, and I didn't expect it, and it caught me off guard out of nowhere. I still don't know why. I I never. I wasn't like that. I mean, I was excited, but I just was, I didn't realize I was going to love boobs so much on me. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. Absolutely. It's crazy. I've had these, I've been a member of the itty bitty titty committee for a very long time. And I've yeah. always thought, you know, same thing, like my face before my boobs always, but now you've got me like I see you on the beach. I see you in your string bikini. You got me thinking like, damn, I want to well, fill out a bikini top like that. I know. I just wanted like yeah. a small tiny B or like a like a full B because before my surge, I was like a small B. I yeah. Like, I just want like a little teardrop. And my doctor was like, well, I know how you want the rest of your body to look. And like you have like bigger thighs and I know you want to go bigger. So if you want to be proportionate, you just like have to trust me. And I was like fuck and i was i like have a picture i'll send it to you of me with the implants in my little shirt and i was just like these are fucking huge i'm so scared but like and i was like i'm just gonna go bigger because everyone wishes they went bigger no matter what so i'm just gonna do it and i'm happy i did and i don't wish i went bigger because i went bigger than i wanted (laughs) well congratulations girl they Thank look you. stunning. They're I'm so sitting, happy. They are sitting. I still wear my compression bra like in bed when I'm at home. I'm like, I, I'm taking care of them, mama. Yeah. So the BBL is next. I'm actually going to do an implant and then a BBL. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm doing an implant because I, I mean, oh, I don't have a lot of body fat, but like I don't, I work out a lot and I walk a lot and I eat healthy. So I was like, I want ridiculous ass. 
So my doctor was like, we could do like an implant if you really want to. And then we'll do like 360 lipo, which is like lipo all over the body to just fill out the rest of it and smooth it down. And I was like, I'm down. And he was like, I just want to let you know, this is going to be like the worst surgery you've done. And it's going to be, you're going to be down for four weeks and you cannot sit on your ass. And I was like, I mean, I want, I need it. I want it. I'm going to do it. Six weeks, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I was just like, well, like, what am I going to not do it? Like, no, of course I'm going to. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because that, I think it's like, what, like six weeks, you can't sit on your ass, basically. Mm -hmm. And you have to like, lay on your belly and like all of that, I guess. I know, which I just got like, I just these Well, my boobs will be about like, (laughs) they'll be about like six or seven months old. So they'll be like fine to to crush in, in the bed. Yeah, they'll be ready for a little like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can get your breast pillow, girl. Actually, being a one. working in the aesthetics industry, I have seen a lot of BBLs in my day. Yeah. And I know that journey just from secondhand knowledge. What do you think? Would you do it? You want it? Yes, I would definitely do it. I would probably have to go the same route because I have like no body fat. But I'm also scared, terrified of implants because of like. I, I was too. Yeah, because of like. I don't even want to like the whole explant like rejection thing like all of that like terrifies Mm -hmm. me well I wanted to talk about more of your work as a makeup artist you've been a makeup artist for a very long time since you've been obsessed with makeup as a young teen like we both were you've painted some really amazing faces I have yeah I started doing makeup like I so I always did makeup on myself like when we knew each other when we were in high school And then when I graduated high school, like a week after, I moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida and Mm. went to a makeup school. I like knew what I was doing. Academy? No, it was Cosmic School of Makeup Artistry. But I went there just because they taught like airbrush and more shit. And I was like, I just know how to do like a cunty eye. I don't know how to do like airbrush. I can just make people look like me. (laughs) Right. So I I did that. And then I got a job at Mac afterwards. And I was there for like almost 10 years. And then retail makeup wasn't for me. I wanted to make my own schedule. I was sick of not making money. So I started freelancing and doing stuff for my friends and I don't really use like a portfolio or anything right now it's just kind of like I mostly do things for my friends or like my friends will recommend me to people you know right I know you do like Simone's makeup I do Simone's makeup I did her makeup for the reunion of this past season for a cover a fashion magazine she just did and I just did her makeup the other day for it was something regarding the new movie she's in. The bros oh, awesome. movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, who's your favorite make- face to paint? I really like painting Simone because she literally is just like, just do whatever you want. She'll send me like two reference pictures and is like, just do whatever. I want to look young. And yeah. then like, she's so natural, like with her, well, not natural, but I always try to get her to do like more colors or like rhinestones. I'm like, but you like look good in color. Like yeah. you look like she looks great in natural colors i was like you look good in literally every single color like let me let me rainbow bright you out yeah she would look stunning with like a lot of color on her face Mm -hmm. i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet 
You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being visibly trans online and in real life comes with lots of transphobia directed your way. It is no secret that trans women bear the biggest brunt of this hatred, but we are also the least bit concerned of what you may think of us. I asked Riley how she got to that place in her womanhood. So I feel like I'm at a place now where like people saying transphobic things towards me isn't like, if we're going to be real, I've been called a tranny since I was 14. Can I say right. that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I've said because, it many. I mean, I was called a tranny before I knew it. A tranny was. What, that, what yeah. a tranny was. Mm-hmm. Even after I knew that I just, that is a word that has constantly been what I've been referred to. So it never really offended me. It doesn't offend me now because I like, I can separate the reality from, it doesn't, it doesn't affect my life. That There's something this person has had some experience and they're taking it out on me and 
if I need to be your scapegoat, I can handle it. And it's not going to affect me because I, I know that I'm loved. I know I love myself. And I know that these people aren't speaking facts. I was on TikTok live earlier and this, like this girl was like, you're a dude, you're a dude. And I was like, I was being obnoxious, but I was like, then why does my driver's license say female? Like, what is going mm -hmm. on? I don't understand. How can I be a dude if my driver's license says female? I don't get it. It's just like, I don't ever argue back with people that have something nasty to say, because if they're saying it that aggressively, unprovoked, they're not going to change their mind by me being compassionate with them. So I'm not going to waste my time. I'm just going to be goofy and funny because that's obviously my defense mechanism. And I really don't care to change your mind. Like you're not someone that I care about. You're not a person that affects my life. Yeah. And I would much rather just make fun of the person than yeah. anything. And I think you do a beautiful job of that. Some of your old videos are like you reading like hate comments and stuff like that. Yeah. Like ASMR hate comments. And yeah. Stuff. That just, it's never bothered me because, you know, like I'm sure you experience the same thing, like how we grew up. Always, always, always like the negative was a thousand times worse than the positive. Yeah. So you either have to get really thick skin and, separate yourself from those words or it'll just it'll take you down and it's it's unfortunate when people let that happen or not everyone can take it but it's just i would encourage everyone to like laugh at yourself and not take things so seriously and you'd be a lot happier yeah but i understand when people do get offended because that's fucked up and rude you know absolutely yeah one other thing too I wanted to touch on is just like talking a little bit more about like your journey towards those gender affirming surgeries you've had so like FFS, mm -hmm. hormone placement therapy, like what was it like preparing for those things? What was it like finding like doctors and stuff? So I had a really great therapist who helped me find a few surgeons that would be able to be covered with my insurance. And I did some research on them and I found my doctor, Dr. Sinclair, and I looked at his work and I was just like, oh, he's like the doll doctor. Like he's yeah. touched all of the dolls. Yeah. So I was like, I want him no matter how long I have to wait. Like I want him, which I had to wait a long time, which is fine. Not complaining. It was, do I'd wait 30 more years. How old are you, by the way? I'm 31. Oh my gosh. You were I stunning. Know. You were stunning. But I mean, I used to never tell people my age because I was like, Amanda Lepore never tells people her age. Like, that's stunning. But I was just like, honestly, like, I, like, age is not a thing that I think about. Like, I, like, I always thought 30 was going to be like, oh, but you're like, this is your, you're old, but like, you're dead, basically. Yeah. You're, you're fucking well, according to Gen Z. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but it just, age never really bothered. Well, age doesn't bother me now because I'm like the happiest I've ever been in my life. I could be 60 years old and like, I'm still happy. Yeah. It radiates for me. I can see it. Thank you. It's my SPF. <laughs> yes. It's your SPF and estrogen radiating. <laughs> Oozing. Yes. So when I was finally able to have my surgery, it was, I remember I was at Barnes and Noble with my friend at the Grove and I got the call from my therapist and then the email letter came through and I went outside and I sat on the floor and I just cried like in the mall, like bawling. And I called my mom and then I ran and I told my friend and I was just like, I couldn't, cause like I've, I didn't know that I wanted 
facial feminization surgery my whole life. I just knew I wanted surgery to look more feminine. I didn't know what it was called. Right. So once I was like, oh, there's like a word for it to make me look more feminine, like perfect. Yeah, let's do um, it. Sign me up. Sign me up twice. But like for preparing for it, and I would honestly recommend anyone that's going under any surgery, this was like, I cracked the code, the secret, I like, and I'm going to share it. So the month before I went on a juice cleanse, not just drinking juice, but I was eating healthy and I was drinking cucumber juice, apple juice, orange juice, prune juice, carrot juice, and... I was buying like the big tubs of pineapple juice. I was drinking at least four pineapple juices a day. Oh my God, girl. Were your insides just like I've squeaky never, clean? I've <laughs> never felt better. I, and I like two weeks before surgery, I started taking four Arnica pills a day. Yep. Love Arnica. And, but the pineapple is also what helps with bruising. And I'm going to, mm. I will like, here, I can't want to show you right now because people can't see, but... <laughs> My bruising, you know how some girls get a nose job and they come out purple? Yeah. The, the literally only bruising I had was a little yellow under my eye and a little bit of like purple burgundy on my top. And I was yeah. like swollen, but I had zero bruising. And it was because of like, I like went full into like health psychopath mode. Prior. So like be healthy. Yeah. Be healthy prior and you'll have a great recovery and a great <laughs> surgery. You don't have to keep it up, but... Yeah, but just in preparation. But right? just in preparation. And if you're ever going to get your boobs done, start doing like ab workouts because that's all you can use to get up. And it's fucking oh hard. Oh my You can't God. use your arms. That's so, so true. Get your core together, girls. Good, good point. Good point. I like, I feel like I have always been so like, I don't want to say authentic online, but I've always been so present online with like my yeah. life that like, I just like, I don't, I really don't get embarrassed of things. I don't really have much to hide. So. Yeah, you really, you really have. And like, uh, it's just funny, like how I feel like I've watched your stories for so long and just all of that, that I feel like I've been a part of your life this whole time. But just even just watching you like mess around in the salon, I, I feel like, didn't you work at a salon? Oh and, like, my God, I to... did. And I would chase the iguanas. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I would watch those videos and be like, oh my God, like what is going on in Florida? Yeah. I just love to like be goofy on social media. And like my number one thing is like, I want to make my friends laugh. I want to make myself laugh and I just want to have fun. Yes. And I like want everyone else to join in on the fun with me. It's a party for everybody. So that's yeah. why like, that's why I do stupid things online. And I just always post like what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling or what I'm eating just because I connected with people like, that were like that when I was younger and it made me feel like, okay, I can have the kind of life I want to live because alone. it made me feel less alone. Yeah. So if I can share someone, if I can share chasing an iguana around and it makes someone laugh and it makes their day bright, then <laughs> fucking happy. Or just like the filters you would always like put on people's faces would crack oh my God. up. I love it. My favorite one is to do the clown on people and then say, <laughs> and I tell people I'm making clowns. <laughs> <laughs> That's gorgeous. So what can people expect going to see Rubber Child live, going to a Rubber Child performance? Ooh, so I mean, it depends on the night. I really like to do like one of my favorite numbers ever is I will do a it's the a Bloodhound Gang where I dress up as a monkey. 
as they did in the video and I throw bananas at people. So I love to do like goofy numbers. I have like a Reno 911 number. Mambo number five is a classic. But I also love performing like Aisha Erotica or like Nicki Minaj. It, yes. The style the style very much varies depending on like my mood. I either like to be like really goofy and ridiculous or just like the baddest bitch in the world. I think it's time to pull out that monkey number again. I just did before. I did that. That was my number for DragCon. <gasps> for monkeypox? <laughs> oh, well, sh- well f- oh, fuck. And then I just, I just posted that picture of me too. And I was like, oh, how insensitive. You're going to ah. get canceled. Ah. I know that's always like my biggest fear every time like an episode drops where I'm saying the word tranny. Like, and I'm like, ah! I know. It's like, how dare you refer to yourself what everyone else does? Get mad at the comedians for saying tranny that don't have any trans friends or know any trans people, not the trans person. Thank you. Hello. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Last question I have for you is what do you find most beautiful about being a transsexual woman? Oh my gosh. Everything. And I'm really glad you used the word transsexual because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to. Yeah. But it is it it feels more powerful than transgender to me. And it Let's feels talk about that. okay. Let's break that down because yeah, I have feelings about it too, and I've because been using the word transsexual. Transgender feels very clinical to me. Yeah. It feels very like like dictionary blah blah blah. I don't feel like. I, for, for me, gender and sexuality are always coming and going. The word transsexual, I just really enjoy because it feels powerful and it feels... The word sexual is powerful. The word trans is powerful. So together, it just literally makes me feel like I'm on a pillar and I've got like Greek little sheets behind me and doves on my arms and I am just a goddess. Advanced transsexual. Advanced transsexual as Miss Lepore would say. I'm something of an advanced transsexual. (laughs) (laughs) Obsessed. I I wish they would do, so you watch Veneno, I wish they would do like a biopic of Amanda Lepore's life like they did with that. I was just saying that about Amanda and I was also just saying that about Lady, the Lady Shebley. I don't know if you're familiar I'm with not the Lady familiar Shibley with her, but I will. From Savannah, Georgia. She's an icon. I will look her up. Yeah. Jada Essence Hall just did her on Snatch Game for All Stars 7. And like nobody knew who she was, but I'm like, trans icon. Okay. Yes. You know. I love that. I wish they would have talked about that, about her being trans then on the show. I know, right? God <laughs> forbid they throw that in. God forbid. <laughs> but yeah. So tell us, what do you find most beautiful about being a transsexual woman? Um, being trans makes me feel so beautiful and so happy and I've never felt more at home in my body or more at home in my mind and I like can feel like magic coming out of my fingertips and it's just such a surreal surreal thing such a surreal culture to be a part of and I wouldn't change a single thing i don't even know if i could go back if i would start younger because i feel like it happened when it was supposed to and it happened when i was ready and i wouldn't change a thing i love that what about you what about you what do you love i feel very similarly to a lot of like my other sisters and the answer i've gotten from them is and i've always felt this way is that i feel like i can customize my whole life i customize my look who i am my name my persona 
just that whole process of creation and recreation that comes along with being a transsexual. And I just look at myself in the mirror and if I don't like something, I'm always like, well, I have the the power to change that one day, you know? And I love, I love that. that. That is so true. That's beautiful. Yeah. Once I have the money, you know, a little funding yeah. and then we'll get there. But yeah, I love to hear that. I think oftentimes I hear people regret not transitioning younger and even I wish I could have started hormones younger. But, and even you said that you went from a place of like feeling like, oh, it's too late now. But now yeah. that you've made that step, you're like, Right now that I made the the jump, I was like, oh, like what was that? I was just, it was just my insecurity. That was me thinking like like it was just like transphobia. Yeah. Like I was like I don't want to be an ugly girl. Yeah. But I mean, I would rather be what I consider an ugly girl than not living my truth. Right. You know. Right. I get that absolutely. And as RuPaul would say, that's the inner saboteur. Mm -hmm. Right. I would like fully would just, yeah, I set myself up and I just had to jump over it, jump over the fence and be like, it was, it literally just was like, cause I was in such like a sad place when I started transitioning. Like it was literally like, if I don't do this, I'm going to jump off a bridge, like not mm -hmm. to be dramatic, but that's where I was at. So it saved my life. And I know transitioning saves a lot of people's lives, especially younger people, which is why it's so sad what's going on right now with the hormones and the government and people taking everything away. It's like, God, can't you just like, we're not hurting anybody. Just let us live. Yeah. It's fucking insane. I know. Yeah. We just, we just had an episode about it too. And Florida's got crazy shit going on. Missouri's Girl. got crazy shit going on. Thank God I got out of there. I know. Thank Bath God. Salt City. Yes. <laughs> Bath Salt City. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> it is girl that's hilarious uh, well thank you for being here with me Riley I really really appreciate it and it was so much fun Riley tell us tell the listeners where they can find you follow you so everyone listening the easiest place to find me is on Instagram at Riley R-Y-L-I-E the number four ever and then there's a link in my bio with all my other links Riley forever, baby. Riley forever. Yay. Thank you so much for being here, doll. It Thank was... you for having me. It was so good to catch up and talk with you and just talk shit. Yes, I can't wait for us to meet and we're going to talk know. even more shit. It's I, well, yeah, when the cameras aren't rolling and the microphones are off, we really are going to talk shit. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, y'all. That's it for my chat with the amazing Riley Rubber Child. I want to thank Riley again for taking the time to come on my pod and reconnect with an old friend. I have almost talked to every single one of the little hatchlings I've known throughout my life. Can you believe it? I can't wait for next week's episode of the season finale of Beauty Translated. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting this podcast. Stay tuned and stay beautiful, y'all. It can be ugly out there. This show is in association with the iHeart Next Up program, co-founded by Anna Hosnier, Joelle Monique, and Yesenia Median. Beauty Translated is sound designed by Jessica Kranchich and produced by Kurt Guerin and Allie Perry. And our theme song was composed by Aaron Kaufman. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows.
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 